0: Drug Podcast Network.
1: Hey guys, uh, this is Brad Auer. I just wanted to call up and uh, recommend that you guys talk about the Coral Castle in Homestead, Florida, built by Ed Leedskowen. It's uh, a megalithic structure which has been built in uh,
0: modern day. I don't know if you guys know anything about it, but uh, if you want to do a show about that, I
1: would be very happy to hear it. Thank you so much. I'm enjoying the show. Curioso. A Curioso is someone who inquires in esoteric matters. A collector of knowledge. Curioso
2: Podcast. All right, Chris. Today we're going to talk about something that was recommended to us by a listener.
1: Yeah, so we got a phone call from Brad Auer. He's a buddy of ours. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, now he's a buddy. We didn't know him before. He's a curioso. Yeah, so, uh, and we got a phone call from him, and he asked us to talk about something called Coral Castle. What is it? Coral Castle. I didn't know
2: this existed.
1: And what's funny is I told him that when we talked on the phone Uh that I had mentioned to you that we had had this this voicemail, Mm -hmm. and you were like, what the hell is Coral Castle? And I was like, (laughs) how do you not know what Coral Castle is? We both watched In Search Of when we were kids. You never saw that. That must have been the episode that you missed.
2: (laughs) No, that was the the Nemoid years when he had the mustache. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And you were like, I am
1: not watching Nemoid with a mustache.
2: Because I know what that means. Is that he is the evil
1: Spock. Oh, okay. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember watching it and, uh, and, and learning about Coral Castle. And it's, um, it's, it's, it's really cool. It's oh, a yeah. really neat place. And I'm, I'm very excited to talk about it. And
2: it's uh, located in Florida. Florida. As, as you would call it.
1: Do I really say it like that? Yeah. Florida.
2: F-L-O-R-D-A. That's how you pronounce it.
1: Well, that, Florida. That's how we say Florida in Baltimore. <laughs> okay, Baltimore. <laughs> anyway, have we uh, talked about this? I Everybody knows you're not a native
2: Baltimore I, son. I'm right? not. No, I'm not. <laughs> My first uh, inkling was that it had something to do with Disney. Mm -hmm. You know, castle. Right. You know, so it's a beach Disney thing. I thought it was like Atlantis
1: resorts, you know. (laughs) And I was like, why the hell are we going to talk about a resort resort (laughs) town? Like, why is that interesting? Absolutely not, Joe. Although it is now a tourist attraction. Actually, it's really been a tourist attraction ever since its inception. Yeah, I believe so. So it's, you know, but um, no, it's more akin to the roadside attraction. Yes. Rather than the... Giant destination Disney World, Disneyland, Plastic kind of castle with a mouse on top. Yeah, oh, or wow, hey guys, <laughs> or what's the other one? Um, Universal Studios and all yeah. that kind of stuff. It's not a theme park. No, absolutely it's not.
2: not. We're talking about a sprawling, uh, what ten acres mm-hmm. worth of property, uh, and the castle itself, uh, not. Technically a castle, per se, not a, not a traditional spires and, you know, walkways and, and stuff like that. There is a tower. There, there is, is a, ta- a tower. There, there is a tower. It's, o- it's built with over 1,100 tons mm-hmm. of coral rock. Right. Okay? And it consists of things like walls, lots of carvings, furniture, statues, spires, and even sort of a keep. Mm-hmm. Hand quarried, cut directly from the living earth, right. And the the coral
1: rock itself is a mixture of. No, well, I I am sorry. Just I want to take a, a a step back for a second. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that you say it's made from living earth mm-hmm. because it literally is. So it's made out of coral, yeah. which is you know the bedrock there in Florida is all coral. Yeah, coral is a living type of rock that is underground yeah right that grows and it's uh, – i mean it's a living type of animal yeah right yeah. so once that uh, once some coral dies mm-hmm. you know and it gets pushed inland via you know uh tectonic tectonic plate, plate action right, right. <laughs> it all gets smushed together and it's uh, you know Com- fossilized yeah compression and time right mm-hmm. Just like how sandstone is made. Right. And it is a you know, it was once a living and now it's a now it's a rock. Right. Made right. from coral that is underground. Just like we have our coral reefs in the reef, reefs in the ocean. <laughs> right. So our Christopher Reeves in the ocean. Right. <laughs> so, okay.
2: But this, this coral is also mixed with heavy amounts of limestone. Mm-hmm. So that mixture creates a very specific kind of
1: rock called Oolite. I I love that. It, oolite. And it's... It's like uh, the oubliette. The oubliette. I, oubliet. I get The oubliette is where they put people for, to, to, forget to forget about them. About them. Mm. And then ubl- oubliac. Is I that don't. the stuff that you make with cornstarch and water? <laughs> I don't know. Oob, no, that's <laughs> Oobliette. Oobliette. Okay. You make with <laughs> cornstarch and water... You know what I mean—the non-Newtonian fluid stuff. Yes. Yeah. We Sam and I do that on rainy days. We make oh, cornstarch nice. and water, and like, yeah, throw it on. Yeah, things. Yeah, throw it on things, and sm- <laughs> it gets all over the place, but it's fun.
2: But it's it's spelled O O L I T E. Oolite. Oolite.
1: Ooh, it's light. <laughs> it's not <Oolite>. light. <laughs> it's actually not very light.
2: So this stuff was hand-carved, hand quarried. Moved by hand with probably the help of maybe basic tools, mm-hmm. and there's some speculation of other things that we'll oh, get into.
1: We'll, we'll be getting into that.
2: Yeah, uh, These oolite coral limestones weigh between anywhere from 5 to 15 tons and even as large as 30 tons. Tons.
1: Yeah. Now, the 30 tons are really the, the, the blocks that are the outside walls. I believe that so. That you would consider to be like the, I guess, the, like the castle walls, right? That right, are, right. That are around the entire structure of the, mm. of the garden. And there, there so. is
2: a, uh, a giant sort of obelisk oh, pillar. Yeah.
1: We're going to have to talk about
2: that. And I think that one comes in around close to 30 tons just by mm. itself. Yeah. The pillar stands about 25 feet tall. Most of this work was done at night, and it took a mere 28 years to accomplish this wonderful thing. And it was
1: all done, okay, by one guy. One single man. Yeah. And uh, that's a double entendre. <laughs> From what I can figure out, he was not a beefy dude? No. Uh, no. Well, his, uh, his name was Edward Leedscallion, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, he was... And that's all one last name. Leeds Scallion. Yeah, it was. Right. When I first heard it, like, uh, when I was watching some of the videos and stuff, mm. I, I thought it was, like, maybe hyphenated or something. Yeah, it is I thought not.
2: Lee was his middle name or something, and yeah. Scallion...
1: Was his last name, because yeah. he likes onions. <laughs> maybe. You know? <laughs> no, but it's Leeds Scallion, as in one, right. long, 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 one long name. So, uh, with... He was under 100 pounds, probably right around 100 pounds.
2: Yeah, see, I I got differing uh, accounts that he was anywhere from 120 Mm -hmm. all the way down to 90 pounds. Yeah. So somewhere in there, I think this guy, you know, so I'm I'm sticking to the average.
1: We have a a 30-pound guy. Let's just say about 100 pounds. About 100 pounds, Right, Right. which is not a a beefy guy. No.
2: No, No, not at all. Absolutely not. And his height ranged from anywhere from five foot tall Two, five, seven, five,
1: eight. Really? I don't I don't think he was that lanky. I think he was, He. I thought, I, I read that he was right around five foot tall.
2: That's, but there's different accounts. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, based on the pictures I've seen, I would say, yeah, five foot, five, two, five, three. Yeah. On the lower end of five foot.
1: Okay. So um, I looked up directly CoralCastle.com, which is the mm-hmm. website of the for the tourist attraction that is Coral Castle. Right, uh, nowadays. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So this most of this comes directly from that. Uh, so Edward Leeds Scallion, he was born in Riga in Latvia on August tenth, 1887. Ed was about 26 years old when he became engaged to marry his true love, Agnes Scuffs. Agnes was 10 years younger than Ed. Ooh. 16 years old, and what? he was 26. Back in those days... You know, that's it's, kind of normal, right? Uh, uh, here's the thing. Maybe it was a little bit weird, but it wasn't like... But wasn't she like a, s- a cousin or something like that? Oh, I didn't hear anything about that, was she? Uh, there, see, here's the thing. Yeah, with, see, that's not all that weird either, right? I mean, we're talking about Edgar Allan Poe. Right. You know what I mean? Right. He was married to a first cousin. Right, uh, and it's
2: something like that. It's not like direct. It's like yeah. second or third cousin, yeah. you know, down the line. But back in those days, uh, you know, maybe
1: it was okay in Latvia
2: to in marry L- a... In Latvia. To marry a 16-year-old, 10 years you're you're younger. You I, I,
1: just, I don't think that back then it was all that strange, right? You know right, what I mean? right. You know, uh, nowadays, of course, we would probably look down upon it. Like, and go to jail for it. Yeah, absolutely. But mm-hmm. I think back in those days, the life expectancy wasn't as long as it is now. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, people... You know, they got married younger. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? If a guy wanted to be in 26 and, you know, marrying a 16-year-old girl, you know, it wasn't that strange. Right. Okay. You know? So, uh, I mean, maybe it was a a little bit towards, like, the end of where that should be happening. Right, But it wasn't, like, over the mark yet. Right, You right. So, um, actually, (laughs) this was – I was considering using this as an anecdote for, you know – the the beginning, but Mm -hmm. uh, I'll just mention that my Mm great-grandfather, he was, I believe, 36 years older than my great-grandmother. Wow. That's a bit of a... Yeah. There's like... Crowbar separation in ages. Right. Wow. Yeah. And um, she was from Lithuania and he was from Germany Mm -hmm. and uh, she fell in love with him. He was playing uh, the mandolin, Mm -hmm. heard a song that she knew from Lithuania and fell in love with them and you know what i mean they had some yeah, correspondence yeah, yeah, and you know yeah, it there happened. you go yeah so you know by the time like they got to having my grandfather mm. my great grandfather was like 66 years old wow right I mean, so my
2: parents were 15 years apart yeah you know so it
0: yeah
1: so you okay. know what i mean 10 15 years You know, 36 years apart. Who's counting, really? Not really. You know what I mean? No no one's really counting. I can't say anything bad about Ed. You know what I mean? So the the tragic thing was is that they didn't actually get a chance to marry. Yeah.
2: From what I heard or understand is that Agnes
1: basically kind of walked out on the wedding day. Well, I don't think that she walked out. I think that she actually told him that she could not go through with it. She got cold feet. Okay. And it was the day before the wedding.
2: Oh, okay. Which
1: so is... There's another
2: account where she basically tells him that he's too old and too poor and mm-hmm. doesn't want to marry him. Yeah. So, and then there's another one where she just walks out the day of the wedding. And then there's the one you're talking about where she's, she leaves the day before and kind of tells him
1: this isn't going to work out. Yeah. We are hearing this from you know ed and and the works right. that he's left behind the right. the stuff that he's written about it mm-hmm. so we don't know specifically you know exactly what the exactly what happened you know right I mean? there might right. be some differing accounts, but mm-hmm. the point is is that you know we get the basic idea of what happened. He was jilted right somewhere around the time that they were supposed to be married mm-hmm. he was twenty six she was sixteen, and uh for the remaining time that he pined over her. He always called her his sweet 16. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like no matter how long ago that was for him, she remained the same age. Yeah. You know? Okay.
2: Is it like that thing?
1: What was that old? Uh, oh, all right, all right, all, all right. right. Yeah. You know what I like about high school girls? <laughs> I'll get older and they stay the same age. Exactly. That's a, that's a little Matthew McConaughey action. Was sure. It's a Days to right? Yeah, that's and it. Yeah. It'd be a lot cooler <laughs> if you did. <laughs> I don't think Ed was like that. No, I, I don't think so. Either. I think Ed was uh, was kind of a what I get from from what Ed was. He was a highly intelligent yeah. man,
2: right? Uh, I heard that he only had a fourth grade education, mm-hmm. but his family background—they were Masons. Yeah, they were
1: farmers, so he he did have some smarts. And he 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 kind of reminds me of Tesla in a way. Yeah. When we did our Tesla yeah, episode, yeah, yeah. like like a very scrawny, you know, skinny man, Tesla. a lot of intelligence, <laughs> right? Right? Uh-huh. Uh, didn't kind of misunderstood, kind of misunderstood. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, like rumors going on, you know, around and about him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, like it, you know, with Ed though, like. Tesla never really tried for love very much. You know no, what I no. Mean? He
2: loved a bird.
1: Whoa, that it, was at the very it. end. Yeah. yeah. But, um, <laughs> but with, with Ed, it seemed like he tried for love once in his youth. Right. You know, and when that didn't work out, he just went about his business and lived the rest of his life, you know, kind of as a, well, I wouldn't necessarily say a hermit, but, you know, mm-hmm. as just a, I mean, he, he was outgoing. I mean, he showed people around the yeah. facility, but he did like his privacy. Yeah, you know. yeah. I
2: mean, after the the jilting happened with the wedding, he decided to leave Latvia and move to America for probably you know more opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and I believe he he lived in Canada. Mm-hmm. He lived. There was a few places that he he lived in. It was uh Canada, California, and Texas. Right, uh, where he actually developed a touch of tuberculosis. A touch. Yes. Right. And uh, when that happened, he decided to move to a better climate, and that's when he moved to Florida. See,
2: from what I understand, tuberculosis back in those days, you would move to some place like Colorado. Yeah. Because it's dry, arid, colder climate. Mm-hmm. Not swampy, muggy <laughs> Florida.
1: Well, that's what he decided. To, he decided to move to Florida. It was That was what he wanted to do. But, you know, it's... It, Tuberculosis. I mean, you have a lot of like gunk buildup in the lungs yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And being in a cold climate, especially you know somewhere like Canada, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, where mm-hmm. it's cold so much. You you don't want that to happen. You don't want right, to be in Minnesota right. or anything like that. Yeah, you want to be somewhere where it's warm all the time, and it you know it you, you don't really get that as much buildup. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, the, there was like some. Okay, here's where some strange stuff happened, right? Okay. When he got the tuberculosis, um, he, he moved to Florida, and he apparently, you know, was healed of his tuberculosis.
2: Okay. Right? From what I understand, he was walking down the street mm-hmm. in Florida, and a local doctor decided to pick him up. Oh, he needs a ride. Yeah. It's just a guy walking on the street. Uh, there, there's also this thing where he wasn't a doctor. He was a... A real estate agent mm-hmm. during their, their, their ride, he found out, the doctor found out that he had tuberculosis and being, I guess, a good citizen and a good doctor said, well, why don't you come home with me? You don't have a pain to your name. You're, you're basically just wandering around looking for a, you know, plot of land or something. He ended up, he's the guy who sold
1: Ed the plot his of first land.
2: chunk of property. Yeah. They took him back to his house and basically, spontaneously, or using
1: magnets, That's he became what, healed. Right. Okay. So using magnets, they, he got healed. Yeah. Right? Is that, well, that, this is what he says. Right. But I mean, basically, you know, I mean, I'm sure there was some kind of medicine involved and not just... Possibly. Not just magnets. But here's the other thing. If it was a touch, a skosh... A, 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 a little bit,
2: yeah. Tuberculosis, maybe with a better diet... Or at least a diet, you know, <laughs> some better climate and you know, some rest, mm-hmm. maybe he could get better. Yeah. You know, that did happen, you know, if you had
1: a touch of tuberculosis. If you
2: were a full-on Val Kilmer in, <laughs> in, tombstone, in tombstone,
1: then maybe not. Well, I do declare. Right. So, um, So basically he got over... The, the Burks, The TB. The, t- the yes. TB. Yes. Uh, so he got over it, you know, whether it has to do with the climate or... Magnets. Uh, magnets or <laughs> aliens coming down and taking it from his chest or whatever it happens to be. Right. He, he, he did actually get over it and healed, which is not unheard of no. at the time. No. Although it is not, uh, it, you know, a lot of people did die from tuberculosis. True. True. So uh, I have the vapors. <laughs> um,
2: but he, he got to Florida around 1921 1922 somewhere Mm -hmm. around there he bought his first chunk of property for something like 20 bucks or something like that from the guy that picked him up ruben moser or moser i'm not really sure how to pronounce that uh and that was in a little area called florida city okay which is when when ed first started building this structure
1: now, if you if you listen to the In Search of mm-hmm. uh, episode that I watched, mm-hmm. uh, that was narrated by Leonard Nimoy. Heck yeah! You would uh, they, they mentioned how he was going around from plot of land to plot of land, sticking sticks in the ground, and like you know, yeah. riding around his bicycle, which mm-hmm. he did frequently, which he found
2: know. at a, a dump. Mm-hmm. Had didn't have any uh, actual tires on it. It was just metal rims.
1: <laughs> so
2: <laughs> really? he became sort of known as Crazy Ed because yeah. he's riding around on a, t-
1: on a bike with no tires. Right. But again, kind of going back to the whole idea of being misunderstood, right? Right. Rumors going around, stuff course, like that. You yeah. know, oh, he's crazy. Well, actually, he's very intelligent. He yeah, just he's is- a quiet, thrifty guy. And right. And he's using a, you know, beat up old bike that he found for free in a junkyard. Yeah. You know, I mean, come on. So he's he's going around, he's trying to find different properties, mm-hmm. and eventually finds, like, instead of finding, like, a nice fertile
2: yeah, land
1: yeah. property, he finds, like, the junkiest, crappiest, all bedrock that's, yeah. like, closest <laughs> to the surface. <laughs> right. Crappiest piece of land that you could possibly find. Uh-huh. And the guy, what's his name? Ruben. Ruben was like, sure, Ed, if you want to buy this from okay, me. Okay, 20 I'll, bucks. Yeah, I'll give this. <laughs> Terrible plot of land to you, and right, he, and he gave it to him.
2: That's what he was showing him. He was he was taking him around to like farmland and stuff, and right? Because he, was like, he well, thought he wanted to like.
1: What do you think of this? Yeah, like he's trying to do good by the guy. Like, right. oh, you want to start a farm? Yeah, okay. I'm gonna yeah, I'll help mm-hmm. you out, and you know. And then finally, he's like, <laughs> I want this one. Right. You want this? It's all bedrock. The it's, whole thing is bedrock. all rock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Ed. Whatever, man. <laughs> so, in between the years of 1923 and 1936, he basically started cutting the the coral limestone or mm. the what is it the oubliette? <laughs> the <laughs> oolite the oolite yes he started cutting it out now here's the thing is that we don't know exactly how he did this i've okay? seen videos of people doing this right now i watched a video where these guys had uh saws that mm-hmm. were very much akin to the type of saw that you would use you know, on trees like lumberjacks, right? Can, yeah, like, yeah. like, like doing a the a saw back and forth, right? That were cutting stuff that was very similar to this kind of limestone, right? And you understand so, this is
2: layers and layers and layers of compressed coral, right? So it is not solid; it is porous;
1: it is it's yeah, still kind super of like, heavy, yeah, but not it, light like pumice. Right. But it, but you can actually cut it right. right.
2: So with water and a saw, you can you can cut through it right. And, and it it takes water a to bit keep longer. the
1: to keep the the uh, the, the blade temperature down, yeah, and to keep it lubricated and mm-hmm. things like that. And you you can actually cut through it. Yeah. Now, is this the way that Ed did it? We don't know. There's actually mm. some very strange pictures where Ed has a chain going under the ground somehow, mm-hmm. in, you know, like into a hole mm-hmm. under the ground with the other p- part of the chain coming up a little bit further. So it seems like he might have actually maybe had some strange chainsaw method well, that he used. No, it, no, I mean, not like a, you know. You no, know, I've actually used one of these. Mm-hmm. It is a,
2: it looks just like a chainsaw blade. Right. Okay. But it has little metal rings on either side mm-hmm. and you hold it like a garrot. Yeah. Almost, yeah. you know, but you put it around a limb,
1: and you just back no. It. When you say a limb, whose limb are you putting it around? A uh, tree limb. Oh, not in a, a human limb. No, not a human limb. Okay, it wouldn't wouldn't really cut. It would just kind of you know. You you would just, you just like kind of tear up, bleed, tear it up a little. Yeah, it'd be just gross. Okay,
2: a tree limb, mm-hmm. and then you sort of just this back and forth method, bringing the the
1: chain. Teeth along the wood. Yeah. And it cuts. And it cuts. Yeah. So I think that this is, I mean, from the pictures that I've seen, Mm. it seems like he kind of maybe used some sort of drill, got up in there, Mm -hmm. and used this kind of chainsaw method thing, right? Probably, You know what I mean? It's not, you know, like a, you know, automated chainsaw. Like, he probably did it by hand. Right. But it seems like that might be what he's doing. There were a handful
2: of small motors and stuff like that on his property. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of things that could easily be used to facilitate that sort of motion right there's a few drawings and pictures of he used a tripod as sort of a, a hoist mm-hmm. and had something like fifteen ton or thirty ton jack hoist
1: so so that's the other thing too is that like not just cutting it, right? But he also, once he did cut it out of the bedrock itself, uh-huh. somehow he had to pull up these, what you said, like 35 ton yeah. rocks, right? 15 to 30 tons, yeah. Right. You know, some of them were nine tons, stuff like mm-hmm. that, you know what I mean? But like, th- like 30 ton rocks. Yeah, but there's he's, pictures, you know, there are pictures where he's got that
2: hoist. It's, right. it's a tripod hoist, and it's about, you know, 15, 20 feet tall. Mm-hmm. It's old tree timbers, and Underneath the rock, he's lifted it up one end, and he's slid under the other end like wooden dowels right? as for rollers. And then he's taking and and putting a chain on one end and then using basically a Mm come-along to pull the stone out or up or down or whatever. I mean, it's pretty simple, basic tools. It's just going to take you a long time. I mean, 28 years, one guy, you know, I mean, come on. If you're... That dedicated
1: I'm just saying I probably would have dropped one of those on my foot by the time I'm it was s- done, right right, but you, know?
2: you have to understand again, his family comes from you know masons and farmers, and they've used those kinds of
1: tools. Joe, it sounds like you've decided already what methods eh, he's using
2: there are a few <laughs> there are a
1: few things that are kind of iffy okay, well so. So basically, uh, that's what he does in the Florida City area, right? right? He, he's right. cutting this stuff out of bedrock. Mm-hmm. He's somehow getting the stones out. Mm-hmm. He's moving them. He's maneuvering them. And he starts creating his own little park, mm-hmm. right, with walls. He has uh, all kinds of different carvings that he's starting to make. Reuben and his wife,
2: who helped him, mm-hmm. um, they would come over and see what he was doing. And they had no clue how he was doing this, right. how he was lifting these rocks, where he was, you know, how he was cutting them. So word kind of spread and from there, you know, people started to come and ask him, you know, how mm-hmm. are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Right. And he would tell people he's doing it for his Sweet 16. Right. So that's, that was another thing is why would someone do this without being paid or, or for some monetary reason? But it was just this – it was a sort of a – dedication to his lost love.
1: Right, kind of like a Taj Mahal sort of scenario. Right, right, exactly. So, so uh, you know, after cutting this, and you know, so he did this for a, a number of years until what was it, 1936? Mm-hmm. He had this entire layout mm-hmm. of this, uh, you know, of this beautiful garden cut out of coral, and we're going to get into eventually what kind of things he has in here, but he has a whole bunch of neat little artifacts that are all, well, I mean, they're not little, they're, <laughs> they're neat, huge, gigantic, huge rock artifacts things, carved yeah. out of rock, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, but uh, you know, after having this all set, he finds out there's going to be a development right. and that's going to be right around him. Right, yeah, so, and he
2: was worried about
1: privacy. Again, he did most of this work at night. Right. He did it at night so that no one would see what he was doing.
2: Right. And I, I think that goes back to sort of, uh, you know, Tesla's thing. He, he was a very private person. You know, most of his work was done, not in secret, but for his own
1: edification. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was almost more like cerebral, right? So right. it was like right. he was doing it because – not necessarily because he wants to leave a legacy or not because he it's, – it's almost like – Therapeutic. Yeah, like, I am doing this because this is what I need to do. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's really, like... It really, you know, echoes what I hear from people that are artists, right? So if you're an artist and you're doing something, right? Like, you know, just take me, for instance. Mm -hmm. When I'm performing Sideshow, you know, when I get that performance art out Mm -hmm. and I'm done, you know, I feel really good about it. I feel like I get that art out. And I know you're the exact same way with what Mm -hmm. you do. Uh, But... You know, when I start taking over things like and, and start doing things like, you know, my homebrewing mm-hmm. and, you know, things like that or our movie making, mm-hmm. I'm getting my creative outlet out somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't, you know, maybe I'll just slow down on this a little bit and work on this a little bit more or, right, or whatever, right, right, you know. So and it and it just sort of that thing, but you know, with him, he really had some stick to itiveness. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, so.
2: maybe that's the culture he grew up in. Yeah, you know, his family upbringing. Uh, it, it could just be him. It could just mm-hmm. be Ed. You know, like I, this is what I want to do. I enjoy it. Yeah, it is. It is my art. It is. It is my my way of creating something for. Uh, uh, lost love or whatever the reason was, really. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It, it just seems like it, it's that old thing where you can do anything if you put your mind to it. And I think that's what he did.
1: So uh, so it was in 1936 that he decided to move it to his final location. Mm-hmm. He bought a different plot of land at 2865-5 South Dixie Highway in Miami, Florida.
2: Right. Now, that's, that's the bigger chunk. That was like—
1: right. You know, uh, 10 acres or something like that. Right. And this was he where he decided to move it uh, to in order to protect his privacy, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, after he found out about the development, right, <laughs> right, that was moving in next door. I mean, wouldn't it just... It just you know it's going to piss you off. I know. You're just like great. So now I thought I was like in the middle of nowhere, and now I'm going to be in the middle of like a suburb.
2: Yeah, and there's a McDonald's popping up next to me.
1: Yeah, I'm leaving. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and I'm taking my castle with me. I'm taking my goddamn <laughs> castle with me. Uh, so we spent three years moving Coral Castle, uh, about ten miles away. Mm-hmm. So uh, I mean three. Long years of moving all these blocks. I mean, that's mm-hmm. how long it took. Yeah. Originally,
2: now, it was called when it was in Florida City. It was called Rock Gate Park. Yeah. And then when he finally did move it in uh, 1936, when he started to move, he moved to Homestead, Florida. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where they adopted the the name
1: of Coral Castle. Right. Yeah. So, uh, what three years uh, mm, it took him? It yeah. That is now here's the crazy. thing: is that Ed only had a bicycle. Yeah. Like, well, that's it.
2: He had an old trailer, yeah. and he had a guy— But
1: he didn't He didn't drive. He didn't no. have a car. So right. he had to—he actually had to hire a guy yeah. who had a, a truck— To pull the trailer. To, yeah, to pull the trailer and move these 35-ton yeah. blocks. Yeah, yeah. and right.
2: did, did you ever—did you read the uh, some of the descriptions that the driver was giving? No, go ahead. Basically, he would—Ed would tell the driver, I'll have these blocks loaded in a few minutes. Can you just go around the corner, go take a, a lunch break or something? Yeah. The guy was never gone for more than half an hour, mm. okay? He would come back, and Ed had, had the entire truck bed loaded and ready to go.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? But, okay, so he would – this little man uh-huh. would just have it all loaded up in like a half an hour with gigantic cyclopean blocks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I, and I, I've I always loved that ever since I heard it in uh, – what was it? Uh, in the mountains of madness, mm-hmm. talking about cyclopean blocks, I had to look it up. Right. And I was like, "What does that mean exactly?" It's it's, <laughs> Lovecraft. well, well, no, so, so it's, it's basalt. It actually comes from like old myths, right? Yeah. Where yeah. cyclopses were were a type of giant, mm-hmm. right? And they were able to lift these huge stone blocks to make their castles. Right. That's one of the so, myths about uh, Stonehenge. They thought giants placed yeah. them there. So, yeah, yeah Cyclopean block. So mm-hmm. a Cyclope- Cyclopean block is a block that's just made out of huge, mm-hmm. right? Instead of, like, little tiny blocks that, that you would have in, like, Stack you know, and mortar and everything. Yeah, that yeah. you would have in, you know, like, a, you know, medieval kind of castles, right? right? Like, right. they, you know, have stones that you could actually— pick up by Mm -hmm. hand, and then place, and then mortar it. So, like, huge, gigantic blocks.
2: So, with the the truck drivers, well, the one truck driver, there was one time where he basically was away, he says, for, like, 10 minutes. He walked around the corner, came back, and there was a big, like, 15-ton block already on the truck. (laughs) (laughs) Like,
1: how? How? Yeah, how do you get this done in like 10 minutes or whatever? Yeah, I mean,
2: I've seen a handful of videos, people trying to recreate how this was done. Yeah. And all of them seem to take a good bit of time. They can do it, you know, they can lift a 15 ton block using these methods, but it takes a bit of time. Yeah. But let's talk about. The actual the structures the blocks themselves. Right. What 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 would you see when you walked into a giant fifteen ton rotating gate?
1: It's, no, hold on, <laughs> hold on. It's that is the nine. It's nine tons. Is it nine tons? Yes. Yeah. So the okay. okay. So first off, you know, once he moved it in nineteen thirty six, he uh-huh. he has the new place, right? Yes. So he he gets that all set up right in the cover of darkness in the cover mm-hmm. of night, like um, a ninja.
2: Right. A tiny stone mason ninja. Yeah.
1: So uh, he has, like, a, a little tiny, like, ticket box kind of thing uh-huh. right out front that yeah. says admission 10 cents. Yep. Right? With a little tiny drop hole where he can collect the coinage. Pressure
2: right? contribution in the little box. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so he has – basically he's turned it into a tourist attraction. Yeah. So at this point, he, he – you know, I don't – I wouldn't say that he has it completed. No, you know what I mean? Because no. I don't think he ever stopped no. working on stuff. No. You know, he um, – the new place that he worked – that he worked on it. Mm-hmm. Also, there was more limestone there on the ground, so yeah, that's he could why I picked the spot, ex- the new spot, right? Right. Right. So there's another reason why he picked it too that people think, but yeah, go ahead. so that he could <laughs> that he could you know dig the stuff out there right. and, and, and all that. So, uh, so anyway, you know, the first thing you see that little emission box, you, you pay mm-hmm. it, and then you go through this gate. Mm-hmm. It's a nine ton block of stone in the wall. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the giant cyclopean blocks mm-hmm. that you can, a, a child can push with their finger, and it totally spins like a like a like a like a 1930 speakeasy bookcase, right? Right. right. So it just totally spins, mm-hmm. right? In in the early 80s, they had to repair it, mm-hmm. uh,
2: and they found out how Ed did it. It was sitting on an old uh, tractor trailer truck bearing, right? That he had it weighted. Just perfectly, you know, the center of gravity of that nine-ton block. He had it yeah. so perfect that one finger, the whole thing would and just rotate. And it would rotate. just spin. They replaced it. They replaced the bearings and everything because they rusted out and everything.
1: Yeah. And no, it was an old – what he used was an old car
2: axle Right, an old bearing. truck bearing. Right. Yeah. So that rusted mm-hmm. so the the door wouldn't, wouldn't swing it very broke. well. Yeah. Yeah. So they replaced it and it took – I think it was like a crew of eight guys and like two cranes and all this stuff. (laughs) And, And they replaced it with something similar. It does not rotate like it used to.
1: Yeah, it takes a little bit more force. Yeah, you give it some – I think they've placed it – I think they also replaced it in like 2006 again. Yeah. (laughs) And like – and then in 2013 or 14, it's broken again. Uh Uh-huh. So they've – you know, like his original design was this beautiful center of
2: gravity. Held up from what? The 1930s to nineteen eighty.
1: Right, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's so like for for like fifty years, it like held up, and then finally it breaks. Right, and we we can't get it right anymore. Isn't that great? (laughs) So then you come in, and inside you just have this beautiful garden. This Mm. is what this is what I love. I am I'm going. We're going to try and paint this picture picture right right right. from all the pictures that we've seen. Now Mm. I have to say, uh, in all honesty, I've never been here. Me either. No. And you've never been here. No. Now, I have been to Florida, Mm. okay, Uh, but uh, and I've never actually been here, but next time I go, Mm. I am going to have to go. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So the funny thing is, is that uh, uh, we have some friends that live in Florida, Mm. history goes bump, and apparently they've never been here either. (laughs) Right. So...
3: Hey Denise, here we are in Miami. What do you want to go check out? What tourist site would you like to see? Oh, I don't know, but as long as we stay away from that South Beach place. Indeed. Well, hey, there's a, a location over there. It says it's called Coral Castle. Oh, I like coral reefs. I don't know. It looks like a pretty ugly tourist trap. Uh, tourist trap? Let's just skip that and head towards the Keys. Yeah, let's just pass it by. We're heading for the Keys anyway. Well, this is Diane and this is Denise of the History Goes Bump podcast. We had the chance to go to the Coral Castle many moons ago and and we blew it. Boy, did we blow it because we didn't think it was anything worth going to visit. So now you know what, Denise? What? We are stuck, even though we are Floridians, having to listen to a couple of guys from Maryland tell us all about the Coral Castle. Well, I guess that'll teach us a thing or two. So, Christopher and Joe educate us.
2: Okay, along with the giant cyclopean bricks, and and (laughs) can we? How many times can we say cyclopean in one episode? Many. There are carvings of moons, planets. Uh, and that's just the carvings. Right. So there's a
1: very, uh, I think, uh, very celestial angle. Yeah, it kind of re- It reminds me of like me in the 90s. <laughs> what? I was really into like sun and moon and star motifs. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like burning some Nag Champa in my room. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like I had like a big uh, yin and yang or, like painted on my wall. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So you come in, you know, the the, the, the gate and – you know, you, you have right in front of you—one of the one of the cool places that I like is the Grotto of the Three Bears, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, he built that for possibly future kids. Right. Well, of his,
2: not yeah. others. Well,
1: the idea was that he was always hoping that his sweet 16 right, would right. come back to him one day.
2: Yeah, there's a throne that he made for himself. Mm-hmm. Right next to it is like the queen's throne. Right. And then right next to that— is the prince or the princess's throne right that's just that's great
1: yeah you know and uh, you know all around there's these uh, little rocking chairs Mm. they're not little you're right they (sighs) aren't little I keep on saying this Yeah. yeah, so imagine like a normal rocking chair that you would sit in that's made out of wood Mm -hmm. you know what I mean Except for these are made out of giant cyclopean blocks. <laughs> right. right. And, you and they also rock. And they all rock. So you yeah. can sit in this thing, you know what I mean? And I think my sister she wound up, like, getting her finger underneath of a rocking chair and, like, popped the tip of her finger off and, like, Ooh. had to get the stone back on when she was a kid. Yeah, so yeah. imagine getting your finger stuck under one of these gigantic things, Your right? finger
2: would just explode.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, and also, like, during the, you know, during the time, you know, the the you know end of the thirties and the forties that he would have people come and see his you know his rock garden. Mm-hmm. He had tons of children in there. You oh, know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Just yeah. you know, and, and one of the things that I saw was that uh, w- one of the guys that you know he said he was about six when he remembered Ed, mm-hmm. and he always said that he had these gates set up made out of rock mm-hmm. that he would close off to make sure no kids would go tripping or falling down the stairs. Right.
2: He seemed very. I don't know. Not. I don't want to say kid-friendly, but... Yeah. He seemed to light up. On the old footage, you see him running around the the garden and stuff like mm-hmm. that, kind of showing people around. Yeah. He seemed happy when kids were around. Right. You know? Exactly. Which is kind of weird, because he also did have a punishment corner. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I must have missed that. Oh,
2: no, no. He built in... And it's weird, because it's also a sound dead area. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. So... There was a guy who went there and was doing like acoustic tests, Uh-huh. and this little grotto area uh, basically three walls and a stone on top. Not a shaming room or any—they weren't going to get throttled, but it was like, go and in, go into the corner and think about what you've done yeah, kind of thing. It is completely sound dead. That is awesome.
1: Which is just crazy. So he—I mean, I'm wondering, did he figure that out?
2: I don't know. Right? It, maybe it's just the acoustics of Uolite.
1: You know, wow! This is really kind of reminding me of like our Stonehenge episode. Uh-huh. Well, our henges episode where yes. we talked about Stonehenge. Yeah, where there, you know, they found these weird acoustics with it, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That were happening where like there were sound dead areas and stuff like that. Right. So he also had a giant sundial. Yes, that he had created. This is the coolest thing to me. Mm-hmm. So uh, the way he carved this, it looks like a whole bunch of. I'm trying to think of how. It's like wave lines, yeah, or or like like little infinity symbols, almost kind of, or, yeah. But, but they, they're stretched but they, out.
2: They run in a in a sort of wave line pattern, yeah. You know, like an audio wave, yeah. Uh, but they kind of overlap on the tips, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, I, I guess maybe taking a, a slinky, mm-hmm. kind of
1: stretching it out, right? You know, that kind of thing. And that's the way it's carved in this kind of bowl shaped uh, yeah. This con concave rock right mm-hmm. so it's carved in there and as the sun goes it's a it's a one-of-a-kind yeah yeah sundial yeah. like nobody has created a sundial like this mm-hmm. so as it hits these certain points where the where the lines cross over each other mm-hmm. those the you know those points are when you have like you know your full moon and mm-hmm. your uh what, what's it called um, solstice and stuff like your that. your different solstices, winter and summer solstice and but stuff it also
2: like has that. a time on the top yeah Where it's yeah. like noon one whatever yeah exactly it's, it's great yeah, Going I, along with that, he also built a
1: uh, – I guess a rock telescope. Now, it's not – it doesn't actually have a – There's no glass sight. No glass in it. No, right? no But they, it does have a sight. Right. But it right? looks but it's just right a hole.
2: at the North Star.
1: Like Always. Always. Right. Yeah. And he does have little tiny crosshairs mm-hmm. in it where he took like little wires, mm-hmm. right, and put a little crosshairs in it. Where this, you know, if you look through the hole in the first rock, it looks through this another...
2: Like expands, like the rock expands.
1: Yeah, and there's another gigantic spire Mm -hmm. with another hole in it where it has the sights in it, the sight lines, Mm -hmm. and it always points to the North Star. How awesome is that?
2: Yeah. I mean, come on. Like, how much geometry would you have to do to get that to
1: line up? Right. So also all around he had a, a few... It wasn't just, like, a, just one type of moon, right? So he mm-hmm. had, like, different crescent moons, but he had right. them in, you know, the different types of uh, the waxing and waning, the different phases. Yes. So that, that was awesome.
2: There was a bathtub. There was also several tables that he had made, which I think are amazing. There's this one where it's a heart. Yes. It's giant. It is giant. And in the center, it, there's basically, uh, you know, a, a little area to pot plants.
1: Yeah, now so this that's called the Feast of Love Table. That's it, yes. Right. And because it was the Feast of Love Table, he always wanted to have fresh flowers on the table. Yep. So instead of cutting flowers and putting them in a little vase on the table, he had an area where he he grew flowers out of the middle of the table. How is, beautiful. That's rad.
2: And there's also. What
1: a, what a sap. This I, guy's such a romantic. Yeah.
2: He also carved a giant table in the shape of America's Wang. I mean,
1: Florida. <laughs> okay. That's what Homer says. It looks like we're peeing on Cuba or whatever, right? <laughs> Homer calls it that's, America's Wang. It's a, a, a little Gallagher joke for you there.
2: But he, it's a giant table, <laughs> and it's chairs all around it, and it's in the shape of Florida.
1: Right. And also there's a, a little area where it is our solar system, mm-hmm. right? So he has uh, uh, Saturn that he, he had carved out of rock. Yep. He has Mars that he has carved out of rock. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently, I was reading something about how he definitely believed there was some type of life that was on Mars. I believe it was one of, in one of the pamphlets. We haven't even talked about the pamphlets yet. Not yet, no. So but we'll, we'll get <laughs> to those in a little bit. Did you uh, – the, the pole where it has the different moons around it mm-hmm. has the Solomon – the seal of solomon or the the six-pointed star yeah, inside yeah. the little kind of little wading pool sort mm-hmm. of thing. I mean just like god man the seeing the pictures of this I really really want to go. You know, I mean it's just gorgeous. There's also the well. Oh, there is a well. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Where he has a, you know, a nice little water well where he can, you know, get water out of it and drink it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You got to have some somewhere to drink. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy seemed pretty self-sufficient. This guy's know? living off the
2: grid. Oh yeah, yeah. You living off mean? the land and off the grid. Yeah. Well, there really wasn't a grid per se back then, but you know. Well, no, I mean he
1: died in the fifties. I mean, there was definitely a an electrical grid by that time. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, we did should I not have no, said that's that. Fine. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Spoiler I, alert, he did pass away. Yes. <laughs> All right, go ahead. What were you saying about his keep?
2: Yeah, his keep. it, it is the only, I guess, contained structure that has an inside. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a, it had a roof, a door, a couple of windows, and it was based – it looks like a keep, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, and you go it in. It actually
1: has um, the, like the castling mm-hmm. on the very top with the with – the, you know, you get the Your cutout. The arrow slits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, exactly.
2: Inside is very Spartan as well. hmm He had – this is awesome. He had a hanging bed. Right. A hanging chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, come on, that is awesome. And a hanging table. Yeah. He would just, like, you know, mount them into the ceiling, and that way they were always out of the way.
1: He could sit in it and rock or, yeah. you know, yeah. push it, it out of the way or whatever awesome. he needed.
2: He also had a device that kind of goes to what you were saying about the electricity.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Some people think that it was a magnetic device to help him lift— his stones. Okay. Some
1: people say it was a magnetic device. It, it is. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. But I'm talking is yes, it was a magnetic device, yes. But other people say that it was basically just a power converter which mm-hmm. uses magnets yeah. to create electricity. Right. You know, because he did use electricity, you know, at night. He had mm-hmm. bulbs and things and stuff
1: right. to help him work. And he – so basically he had this little, uh, you know, a, a power converter mm. where he could take it and spin it, right, create electricity and Very it would much light like up. Very much
2: like a hand-cranked radio
1: nowadays. Exactly. And right. it would light up these two little light bulbs and he would bring people in. Mm. You know, he would bring children in and show them how it worked. Mm-hmm. And he would light up these two light bulbs, and then you would let go of it, and they would turn off. Right, right. right. So it was a way to create power, but he was basically showing them, you know, electromagnetism, mm-hmm. which he was very into. Yeah. He, you know, he was into electromagnetism and what you could possibly do with it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, Joe. So after seeing, you know, all these pictures of these awesome gigantic blocks around Coral Castle, mm. you know, the, the, the heart table, you know, the, the 35-ton you know, castle tables and and all that. Mm -hmm. We've already discussed a little bit about how he he possibly has done it. Right. But what are the theories, right? Because he did it at night. He did it in the middle of the night so no one could see it, right? Mm -hmm. Also, there's this other strange thing too, Hmm. right? On the top floor somewhere on the second floor of his living area, he had these strange inscriptions that people – didn't know exactly what it was. Uh-huh. Did you see anything about this?
2: There are a handful of those throughout the park. Right. Some are just random numbers. Not random, but there are, you know, some
1: numbers. That he has carved or chiseled into the rock. Right. 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 So two of them, uh, he didn't know. No, nobody could figure it out for a long time until they came across some of his paperwork. Yep. It was actually his immigration paperwork. Right. And uh, they found out it was his immigration number.
2: Right, and that was from what I understand, yeah, and from what I understand at the time, a lot of immigrants would kind of post those in their public area, their house or whatever, yeah. on a door frame, so if anyone came a call mm-hmm. saying you're a, you're illegal or whatever, they're like, no, that's right there, there's right my there. number that's it, it's verified by this paperwork, and yeah. that's what a lot of people think
1: it was why he had done that, right, which is I mean you know, good on him. Yeah, He's exactly. just trying to be proactive. Mm-hmm. So, but that's just one of the strange little mysteries that we eventually have, not us, no, no, no. but we found out that was solved. So, you know, a lot of people thought that it had something to do with maybe, you know, the weirdness of, you know, how he moved these blocks and it might be some kind of like, you Numerology know, neurology or yeah, some, something or, weird, exactly, yeah, you know. So, the,
2: the 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 resonant frequency of this rock, right? lifted so, it up.
1: So, how 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 did he move this stuff?
2: Okay. There are some weird theories. Right. Some people think uh he knew magic. Mm-hmm. And he could levitate things.
1: There are some accounts of the times where he had moved the stones. Uh-huh. You know, over those 3 years. Right. Where People would show up Mm -hmm. and try to peep at him him in the middle of the night. And they would say that they, you know, possibly that the stones were just moving by themselves.
2: And they looked like hydrogen balloons that he was just floating across the sky. Exactly, right? Okay, so there's levitation. Mm -hmm. There is the theory that he used, kind of levitation, but he used some magnetic machinery to... Disrupt the magnetism in the rock to make it levitate
1: now we've already discussed the what is in the rock, right, right. so we're talking coral and we're talking uh, limestone mm-hmm. right. Mm -hmm. these aren't extremely ferrous rocks. No. They don't have a lot of metal inside of them. Right. Okay? So the ability to use magnets to move the rocks, Mm -hmm. I think, should be very limited. I can't imagine that you would be able to move these rocks Mm -hmm. with magnets, but a lot of people thought he did. Right. Uh, There was also some accounts uh, of people... I I heard uh, an account of some ruffians that broke in in the middle of the night. Yeah, because,
2: okay, a guy... As eccentric as that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they basically broke in thinking he was hiding treasure, right? You know, so they were going to
1: pummel well, him. The treasure is the is the coral castle itself, right? But right. Well, they you know, didn't. I digress. You know, they didn't know that. Yeah, they just thought there's this old
2: crazy guy. He probably has a stash of doubloons somewhere in this place. Yeah.
1: But one of the things when uh, when uh, Ed wound up getting a hold of the cops, the cops mm. round them up. And, you know, in order to try and tell stories, you know, to try and get themselves out of it, you Mm -hmm. know, and sensationalize everything, they said that he was holding some kind of device that was shaped like an upside down ice cream cone (laughs) and was making the blocks move all on their own. Huh. Like some right. kind of remote control. Yeah, like, like <laughs> he was moving these blocks with this, basically like a magic wand sort of yeah, thing, exactly. but it looked like a, like some kind of a cone. Yeah. And he was moving the blocks, right? Mm. So, I mean, there's that, you know? Yeah. I so don't, there are accounts of people saying that he. I know, I know. He, he levitated these suckers.
2: Mm-hmm. But if you look at the evidence on the property, mm-hmm. the tools and, and stuff that was left there the day he left, all that stuff was still there. Yeah. You're, you're talking block and tackles, chisels, hammers. Well, let's saws. not get
1: hasty, Joe. It sounds like you're saying that he might have done this with normal means <laughs> that we could figure out. Maybe. I mean, he did always say when people asked him how or why he did this, uh, he yes. would always tell them, uh. he would always say, It's very easy if you know how. Right, And he would also mention that he knew how people made the pyramids. He mm-hmm. knew how people the made – The secrets. He knew the secrets mm-hmm. of how people made the pyramids. He knew the secrets of how they made Stonehenge. Right, And he right. was using those secrets, you know, to, to make this stuff. And mm-hmm. he was I, – I kind of like that performance bit that he's doing there, right? Mm-hmm. So he's always talking Vagaries. about Sweet 16, the, yeah. the, you know, being vague about what he actually does. It's, you know, it reminds me of when people are like, so how do you sword swallow? Well, you kind of, you know, you, I mean, you don't want to tell exactly because you don't want someone to hurt themselves, you know exactly. what I mean? But, you know, with Ed, I think it was more of just like a, you know, tongue in cheek kind of ribbon mm-hmm. sort of thing. Like, well, I'm not actually going to tell you because it's going to take forever for me to actually tell you right. how I'm going to move right. this stuff, especially because he's using magic to do it. You know? is, that, is that what you're – you're falling on that line? Well, OK. It's funny you say line. A uh-huh. lot of people think uh-huh. that exactly where he decided to move his, his coral castle to mm. is on some type of a ley line.
2: Right. The original property that he got, another one of the speculations that he moved was his original – readings that you know to find this property because he mm-hmm. was going around town trying to find the perfect property quote unquote right. later on he found out he was 10 miles off his mark mm-hmm. when you know doing more structure stuff so that was another reason why he may have moved it is to get closer
1: to one of those lay lines where the ley lines are now yes. if you don't know what a lay line is a ley line a lot of people it's not a line where, where you, you lay down where you lay down you get laid. You stand around waiting to get laid. That's, <laughs> that would be that's called really a whorehouse <laughs> and you probably shouldn't be paying money for that. No. Go find somebody you know, mm-hmm. you can get it too for free. So, uh, <laughs> but the uh, the thing is, is that they a lay line is a place where they think these like, kind of like they're kind of like electromagnet lines, right? Or how we have poles, mm-hmm. okay? But they think like magic kind of goes around the globe yeah, in these certain circles, and where yeah. uh, where it kind of goes is where like this the the power lies, mm-hmm. and the places where you have like intersections a, of those. a magic line, and then a different magic line crossing are the some of the most powerful places. Right.
2: right? I've also heard it described as like the Earth's chakra lines. Yeah. You know that right? like spiritual so, energy and Earth energy and stuff like that. So yeah, very simple. So
1: where these two lines would cross would be somewhere where. You know, you might be able to perform magic easier, right? right. So that's kind because of like the, the idea. The natural energies. It. Yeah. yeah. That, that kind of co- coincide there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, that could be it. People, right?
2: there are accounts where people go into the, the, the garden and they kind of feel weird. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's because of these giant monolithic rocks and things that they're trying to put their brain to. How did one person do all this? Yeah. So it's kind of that uncanny valley but in rock form, you know? Well,
1: I would say that I kind of had this weird feeling when I go into a place that has a lot of history myself. Like it's almost like you can feel the history. Like, But are you um, pumping that up in your brain because you know I'm, there's a lot of history I'm there? not saying that I'm not. OK. But when you go to a place like – For instance, Gettysburg or Antietam, where you know that tons of people have died here, that there's a huge, you know, amount of history there. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's – I mean, you know, look at when people go, you know, to London or go – you know what I mean? Go to different places around the world and visit these famous places. Mm -hmm. You – you know, you just get this kind of sense almost inside. And I'm not saying that it is not just your brain doing that. Right, right, right. It right. could very well be. But I do. I get this, you know, kind of feeling when I go mm. to certain places. Places do have feelings. Okay. You know what I mean? Well, I, I can, ha- I have feelings when I go to certain places. Yeah, you know yeah what I, I can mean? understand that. So, you know.
2: Especially if something is, is steeped in history. You yeah, know, exactly. Or lore you know, or even mystery like this place. Yeah,
1: and this place is... You know, is, is lousy with, uh, with, with, <laughs> with the mystery with, with the mystery. Those are most of the ideas of, you know, the paranormal, right? Mm-hmm. The paranormal, you know, kind of ideas where well, let me, let me kind of mention this. OK? So a lot of people think that it's possible that he also used some sort of sound waves. Mm-hmm. To levitate these blocks, so right, he, right. you know, even though he put out the pamphlet about electromagnetism, it could have been electromagnetism or it could have been sound waves. And in fact, re- very recently, there are uh, there is actually ways of having things levitate with sound. Mm-hmm. So very recently, there is these three Japanese scientists who have been able to levitate these. Uh, they're these little particles. Mm-hmm. By using specifically sound waves. Oh yeah. Now yeah. these sound waves are out of the range of human hearing, so you can't actually hear them. But I'm going to be posting on on our show notes. Yeah, th- yeah. This this you can go down, you can see it, and mm-hmm. you can watch the video. Well, have you ever been to a concert? Because I know you have.
2: Yes. You ever been close to the stage? Yeah, I know you have. Yeah. You Ever been next to the tower? The of sweaty speakers? guy who? No, is, not that
1: guy. Who? Well, oh, he just reeks, and he's just just. <laughs> knocking into you rubbing his sweat all over you right. is that who you're talking about?
2: And you're in the, you're in the skank pit, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Uh no, I'm talking about the tower of speakers. Yes. When when there's loud music or at certain ohms, those speakers are gyrating and pushing and pulling air, mm-hmm. which causes that that force. Right. So yeah, we we've been able to move things with sound waves mm-hmm.
1: unbeknownst pro- probably for quite a while, right, and uh, so these guys are using uh, ultrasonic waves, mm-hmm. waves that we can't hear, to be able to levitate these little particles, and they look like uh, like like they're just dropping salt in it or whatever, okay. And they're levitating in a little cross pattern because they have yeah. these four speakers, mm-hmm. and when they add more, so you you have like it, a two dimension right thing right, right? It where they just changes
2: the structure of ex- the –
1: yeah, and it's mm-hmm. very much like if you uh, you know it's funny that we talk about the ou- Ublak. Stuff mm-hmm. like the non-Newtonian fluid, mm-hmm. a lot of people will take and put some of that on a speaker and watch it dance and do different things. It reminds me of that; it's very similar, yes, right. Yes. Or the slow motion capture when people drop a, a little drop of water mm-hmm. and they do the slow motion capture where you see it and it goes kerplunk, and then, and then, the then a the little spray comes up. Yeah, the spray comes up. Yeah. It's very similar to that, right? So basically, but they they can have these particles levitate with sound waves. Now it looks to me like they're using you know. Grains of rice, or something you know, very little salt, or little be you know plastic beads that come mm. in hacky sacks, or whatever it is. Th- that's what it looks like they're levitating, right? But it is literally levitating yeah. in the shape of a little cross that's just sitting there. Mm-hmm. So it is possible that Ed used you know sound waves to levitate these. Yeah, but nobody found you know like a ton of speakers. Right, they didn't find right. like the. Barney it, McFly gigantic speaker in the back of Coral right. Castle.
2: Well, they also did find on his shop wall what looks like tuning forks, mm-hmm. but it's actually for that that uh, magnetic gear box. Yes, and it's it's basically to to change the the tensions and stuff on on that thing. That's okay. what it's for. Yeah, but. People kind of assumed, oh, there's just tuning forks to master the rocks, you know.
1: <laughs> no, I just want to mention this other thing too because this is just really cool and a little bit of a tangent. But when I was doing this research about the 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 the, 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 uh, the Japanese scientists that mm-hmm. were able to levitate things, right? I also remembered a just a, a little video that I had seen about uh, these other two scientists that were trying to, you know. Have their thesis and, and 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 you know get out of school. Mm-hmm. They're using this like pack, you know, this battery pack with a gigantic speaker, and uh, it, it's it's got like a kind of a cone to it where mm-hmm. it points it in a certain direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they can actually put out fires. Oh, yeah, with sound. Yeah. So it's, it is the equivalent of clapping your hands next to a candle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they're using sound to do it, and it's actually putting out fires. And mm-hmm. I just. How freaking rad is that, it that is we awesome. are using science that eventually, you know, by the time, you know, we get older, that instead of using water or, you know, uh, some types of foam or whatever it is, mm-hmm. that we might have fire extinguishers that, you know, we're just going to be, Oof. yeah, like we can just play highway to hell out of it, mm-hmm. and it's just going to put out a fire. Do you right? remember, uh, do
2: you remember um, Minority Report? Mm-hmm. Remember the guns that the, the officers had?
1: Oh, I don't. What they were they like, like shock a... sticks. Oh,
2: really? So they would, you know, like twirl them around to like cock them. Yeah. And when they, would, when they shot them, it was a sonic blast.
1: Oh, that's neat. So it would knock
2: people back. It was a concussion. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, sort of thing. So it wasn't lethal. Mm-hmm. There was no, no bullets, no this, no that. But it was, you know, Boom. And it just kinda of knocked everybody
1: back. Right. Really, really cool idea. Something very similar to that. Very similar to yeah. it. Yeah. So, you know, just with the whole sound levitating thing, you know what I mean? It can mm-hmm. put out fires. I mean, you know, it it and they are these, you know, sub you know, hearing, mm-hmm. you know, things. We cannot hear those sounds right. that is making the levitation or that's putting out the fire. I just think that how how cool is that? You it drives I mean? elephants nuts. Well, because <laughs> <laughs> they own
2: have yeah. low frequency. Never yeah, mind. gotcha. Yeah. Okay, yeah. What so, about maglev trains?
1: B- uh, oh, right. I mean, we, we have Mag- the technology. Magnets, we have the technology to to have a completely frictionless, mm-hmm. you know, train, uh, yeah. the bullet trains, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so what if,
2: what if dear old Ed has some kind of magnetic wire mm-hmm. underneath some other magnets, and they're repellent as, you know, positive and
1: positive magnets. They will repel
2: each other. Uh, Maybe he did that?
1: Maybe? I mean, it's possible. It's very possible. He might have used uh, vacuum tubes, very much like the, you know, the the kind of tubes that you would use at the bank, right? Mm -hmm. Some kind Mm -hmm. of vacuum suction tube to move, you know, a 30-ton rock from one place to another? Is that a possibility? That's a... a
2: Heavy duty vacuum. It's,
1: it's theory. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a theory. You know, yeah, we, is that a we Dyson? could maybe do it. You know, it could be. <laughs> you know, maybe he did use a Dyson. No, Dyson didn't exist back no, then. I know. You know what I mean? So, uh, all right. So, those are all uh, different theories as to how he could have done it. However, Joe, it is now time to employ Occam's razor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's sharp. Occam's razor is that the simpler explanation. Is usually the best explanation, right? Or you know, paraphrased. Yeah. So yeah. kiss. Keep right. it simple, stupid. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how did he probably actually move these? I'm
2: telling you, block and tackle, man.
1: Yeah. So hammers
2: in his tool in his in his keep. Mm-hmm. There is chisels, right? Uh, hammers. Axes. Saws. Saws. Bl- t- the, some of the block and tackle that he used,
1: mm-hmm.
2: 15
1: tons. Now, you Rated think for 15 tons. They're rated for 15 tons. Now you're thinking, how is he moving 30-ton blocks? Oh, but if you double them. If you use two of them, right, that equals 30 in, tons. In a
2: sort of a daisy chain effect. Yes. Then, yeah,
1: you can easily lift them. So not only that, but there's also... You know, there's the idea of putting the, the wooden rollers underneath. He, there's pictures. Right? There are and pictures of him doing this. Of, of him doing it. Now, mm-hmm. you know, they're not widely spread, but they are there. There's actually a little bit of video of him lifting stuff mm-hmm. with a, a block and tackle. Yeah. Um, there's these little tripods that he's u- that he uses that are made out of tree trunks. Mm-hmm. And then he has this block on the very top of it. And it looks like just a square box. People
2: so, – okay, there's weirdness with the, the- – the box on top of the the tripod. Yeah. Some people think it was his magnetic motor thing.
1: That was levitating the box. Right. It had a
2: wire coming down and it was linked around the block and he would turn it on and then it would start to become buoyant, basically. Mm -hmm. When in all actuality, it was probably just a housing to cover up the block and tackle gears from the weather. And there's also... uh,
1: But also a way to hold the three... Exactly. The the, the three parts of the tripod together.
2: There is a linkage up there, and to keep them together, after you have them linked, Mm -hmm. you know, you put that that box on there, it
1: will stay there. Right. So it's to hold everything together, but also to hold the block and tackle Mm -hmm. at the very center point of the tripod.
2: Right. There was a thing, a wheelbarrow that he made out Mm -hmm. of junk parts that people thought maybe he... Put them on there and toted them around, which probably not likely. Yeah, that was probably used to put underneath one of the f- the feet of the tripod mm-hmm. to help move the tripod. So you put it under the foot of the tripod. Yeah, you move it out a couple of inches and you do that in se- in sequence with the other three legs, and you can walk a tripod across your yard yeah. carrying fifteen tons just with a just little move it a
1: little bit at a time with
2: a little jack and that wheelbarrow.
1: Yeah. That's, I mean, either way, however he did it, mm-hmm. it's absolutely amazing that oh, he yeah. was be able to create this with one man.
2: 28 years.
1: You know what I mean? You
2: put your, your life and tons of dedication into it? Yeah. Come on.
1: You can do that. And to think about the, the, the entire time he was just, he was pining for this woman, you know, who, who jilted him at the altar, mm-hmm. you know, 30 years before. And right, he just, right. you know, he just continued and continued and, you know, per, you know persevered. I think you know. after a while, you
2: mm-hmm. know, maybe he kind of gave up that hope. Yeah. Or you know, not not hope, but that thought that she will come across the the pond mm-hmm. to to marry him. Yeah. And they'll have children, and live happily ever ever after. But I think after a while, with the people coming in and seeing his his creation, you know, getting the joy from the kids and the families, and you know, just look what I've created, and they enjoy it, and it's it's fun. Yeah think he kind of was okay after a while mm-hmm. you know and um then he just decided to keep going
1: so what uh we were talking a little bit about the pamphlets what are the pamphlets that he that he had written
2: he did one called magnetic current mm-hmm. which he wrote and it was basically just thoughts and theories on magnetic current and how to go about using it and what it could be used for he did another one called a book in every home and these are all very, very simplistic, maybe 20 page pamphlets. Mm-hmm. and uh, a book in every home kind of deals with like everyday life, how to treat your wife and how to, you know deal with your kids and make a shame corner or a spanking <laughs> corner, <you know>, that <laughs> kind of stuff. It was basically an everyday life pamphlet from his perspective, right on how a, a modern 1930s american family should behave. So
1: the the third pamphlet was called Mineral Vegetable and Animal Life. Okay. And it's basically what his idea is his ideas are about the his beliefs on like life's cycle. You know okay. what I mean? The cycle yeah, yeah. of life in the world.
0: The Life. Yeah.
1: That, that, so basically, you know, so he wrote these three pamphlets over this time period, and mm. you know, he would sell them basically as like not gift shop. He didn't really have a gift shop, but well, the closest thing to a gift shop that you would think of, right, 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 yeah. right. So now these pamphlets are still available, but they are only available in the gift shop of Coral Castle itself. The the new gift, the actual gift shop. Yeah. Now. Let's talk about, I guess, Ed's passing. Okay. So uh, um, a man. The man wound up defeating tuberculosis, Mm -hmm. right, defeating his loneliness Mm -hmm. by having people come to see his coral castle, Uh, but eventually, you know, could not defeat, you know, death itself.
2: No. So in December 1951, Ed became ill, Yeah, and he basically put a sign on the front door of the castle saying, going to hospital.
1: Yeah, and then he wound up taking a bus to Miami. He went to Jackson Memorial, mm-hmm. and uh, three days later, uh, in his sleep, mm-hmm. at the tender age of sixty-four, yeah, he uh, he wound up passing away. Now, some people say that he might have had a stroke during that time or yep. before he put the note on the you know on the on the door. Uh, he was also uh, fairly malnourished.
2: Yeah, there's a report that said he had a, a kidney infection as yeah. well.
1: I, I mean, he was just like a self-made man. I just don't think he really took care of himself all that well. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just He was maybe a bit of a workaholic. Probably.
2: Right? Probably. And from what I can understand is that most of his foodstuffs came from either neighbors, yeah. from their gardens, or the, the small garden that he had.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now, if I was uh, one of Ed's neighbors, I would stop by to drop him off some heirloom tomatoes. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of a weird, quirky guy. Mm-hmm. He, I, I think I would get along with Ed. <laughs> yeah, I know we would. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, um, so after his death, it, uh, the, the Coral Castle actually went to a nephew that was living in Michigan. Right. He actually inherited the castle.
2: Yeah. From what I heard is that he knew he inherited the property. Yeah. But didn't know the whole castle story. Oh, really? Yeah, so eventually it was bought by a company. Yeah, to I, turn I see. It, like into a, it was
1: bought like a, by a family in Illinois. What would you say? Illinois? N- Illinois? Yeah, Illinois. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but they Il- they bought it because they wanted to turn it into an attraction. Yeah. To actually make money off of it, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's where it then became what we know today.
1: Now, what's strange is they actually, you know, during the switch of the ownership, they found a box of Ed's personal effects. And that was a couple of days after
2: he passed away. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. his neighbors basically uh, didn't let anybody in. Yeah. They were like, no, 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 not until the police come here and, and do their whole run through and, you know, to get his affairs in order. Right. Because he didn't have any immediate family, so his neighbors were basically looking out for him. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. hmm But they go and they find, what, something like... Thirty-five hundred dollars in well, like hundred-dollar bills, but it was like crisp one hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, bills. yeah, yeah. In well, okay, if he's getting ten cents a pop from everybody coming in the gate, yeah, and selling his pamphlets and selling pamphlets, he's probably going to the local bank mm-hmm. with a jar of a jar dimes, of dime. yeah. a jar of dimes, and just saying, "Give me a hundred dollars." Yeah,
1: you know, and just keeping them right. So you know, thirty five hundred dollars when he passed away mm-hmm. uh, in nineteen fifty three. That's I mean, that's not terrible, no, right? No. So he didn't he didn't need a whole lot to live off of, right? Uh, but that was his whole life savings. But there was also there's also like a another little story where people talked about there was a, a, maybe a treasure map that went yes. along with that as yes. well, where mm-hmm. people have tried to find what was buried on the treasure map to no avail.
2: Right. And this kind of goes back to the whole pamphlet
1: thing. Right. Uh, a
2: lot of people say if you try to read the magnetic current pamphlet, mm-hmm. a lot of it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So there are people who have tried to decipher what he meant, how he was writing these things in, to to, to see them in – from his perspective, right. You know.
1: So uh, here's the thing that I want. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring a little call to action here. Mm. Okay. If we have any listeners that are in specifically, uh, not not specifically Florida, but around Miami, or near Coral Castle, and you want to pick up uh, a few pamphlets because you're going there, <laughs> yeah. Please pick some extra ones up. Mm-hmm. Send us an email. I will give you an address, and you can ship them to us. And in return, I'll make sure that uh, I give you, uh, you know, some Curioso merchandise. Mm-hmm. I'll send you, you know, a shipment of something, uh, you know, at, in return. So, you know, just uh, shoot us an email. Let us know if you've ever been there. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I'd like uh, some of those three pamphlets. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, Joe and I, we'd like to peruse them. Oh, yeah. I'll I'll frame the damn thing. Yeah. Those are so, neat. You know? So, uh, I mean, that is Ed's uh, life and death. So... Uh, his uh, His entire life 's work i mean it 's a, a pretty amazing accomplishment, a pretty amazing feat, making this uh, you know, whole castle all completely by himself now, mm-hmm. whether he did it with a block and tackle and you know his whatever his secrets right they were absolutely ingenious oh yeah, whether amazing. he used a ice cream cone to levitate them <laughs> or whether he used you know a gigantic block and tackle mm-hmm. you know to, to do it i mean it 's an amazing feat either way.
2: And it, it still pops up in, in culture since his death. Mm-hmm. Wild Women of Wongo, which is an old black and white film. Okay. I have a copy of it. Really? Yeah, I'll let you
1: borrow it. Uh, it was filmed there. Oh, okay. Billy Idol video there, was filmed there. there. He, right. I was listening to this song uh-huh. because I read that. Yeah, yeah. And my wife said, I didn't even know you liked Billy Idol. And I was like, <laughs> I don't specifically. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I know some of his work, right? but uh, I said this song, the, the the video was actually filmed in Coral Castle yeah. because of, you know, Lead Scallion's, Ed's, you know, Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. And she was like, oh, I didn't – she had no clue, no, right? No the, clue the, that that – The coral, The correlation. The correlation the, oh, oh. <laughs> a little fossil joke.
2: Nude on the Moon, which was 1961. It was another movie filmed – on location.
1: Right. So that was supposed to be the moon. Yeah. yeah right? Exactly. The, so well, that was like their it the
2: kind of moon rockish? Well there,
1: there are moons yeah. that he has carved all around, right? So
2: But there's countless books, countless speculation, theories. Just type it into YouTube. You'll see
1: a bunch of weird stuff on this. We've watched a lot of a lot of different yes, videos, about, yes. you know, all about this. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? A lot of it is like trying to debunk, you know, whatever. You know. So, if you want to believe that he used electromagnetism to to move these blocks, please, by all means, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with it because, regardless, whatever method he used, it's an absolutely amazing sight. I'd love to visit it one day. I'm sure Joe would. Oh yeah. And I can't thank Brad enough for bringing this to our attention because I, I mean, you know, you, you didn't even know about Coral Castle until no, he, had he no asked clue. about it. Yeah. None. So you, you know. But I mean, that's what happens when you skip episodes I'm in search of, Joe. <laughs> I know I saw that episode
2: because I remember the stash. You've been like, no, no, bad Spock,
1: bad Spock. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Curiosos. Well, thank you so very much for joining us. And uh, if you have any ideas, we are still trying to fill up 2016. Mm-hmm. If there is an idea that you have, please shoot us an email feedback at the Curioso. Or you can call our voicemail line. Uh, it's hide a sword, mm-hmm. and let us know what kind of uh, what kind of ideas you have floating around in in the, those brains of yours.
2: We're gonna do the the, the last sign off we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're,
1: we're we're stuck with that now. We're, Go ahead. We can't be stuck. Yeah, we're it. stuck with it until, That's like, every next, single time
2: until next episode.
1: And, oh, that was a nice one too. Until next episode, curiosos, stay classy. <laughs> do you really like that one? I like it. Seems kind of odd. Florida oranges, Flard, Florida. 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 Florida oranges. Florida. Thank you for listening to the Curioso Podcast. You can tweet us at Curioso Podcast. You can email us feedback at thecurioso.com. You can Facebook us facebook.com backslash the curioso Podcast. Check out our merchandise on Zazo.com backslash Curioso Podcast. You can also check out our videos, YouTube.com backslash Curioso podcast On the left hand side of the Curioso.com, you can help support the show by clicking on our donate link. And if you're a real Curioso, we need you to go on and give us a great five star review on iTunes. It will help us get more listeners. And it'll make you feel good about yourself. Of course, says that the, uh, the, uh, what is it? The, uh, shoot. I can't think of how, what, how to say it. Rod, Rob. Broccoli Rob.
0: Right. He needed
1: his ass blasted. <laughs> Can I isolate that? <laughs>